0: If you have your Bibles, turn them with me to Second Corinthians chapter eleven. That's where we are this morning, as we uh, we finish. Really, in this section of this whole thing, is Paul's defense of his apostleship. And you might think, what is here for me? So I want to say this to you: this truth, the one we're talking about today, changed my life. It did. I grew up as a Christian, a Christian home. Maybe you did too. Maybe you didn't. But I grew up in one where I was taught from an early age that there's a God and I trusted there was a God. But what I heard from all around me over and over and over, and I took it in, was that God was forming me to be the best, most useful tool that he could. And that meant my consistent effort to grow stronger and be better. And I did that. You didn't say it. You didn't say like I'm growing to be strong because you wouldn't say that. You need to be humble. So you would never say out loud that what you're doing is trying to be maximize yourself. But you worked as hard as your little tushy could to please your your heavenly father and your earthly parents too. And I I did that. And I succeeded. At least in my own mind. (laughs) Never totally in your own mind you know your Failures. But I was uh, excellent at school. I won every single award my high school had. And I'm not lying valedictorian, hard work, three letter sports. We won the state championship in the cross country. I was on that team. Went to college, Ivy League, did that. I was I was serious about my faith. I went to Princeton Evangelical Fellowship. Where I was there studying, make sure that I was, which was as well as the the excellence. But you never say you're studying hard. You'd always like wake up. Oh, man, that test was nothing, but you stayed up all night studying for it. Road Varsity Crew, we won championships there. See, I was a Christian though, so I thought, well, I'm using this as an opportunity because I hope, you know, when my my guys and they would win and we'd collect all the shirts of the other team and we woohoo, they would go drinking and I would be the designated Christian guy. You know, I'm the guy who would drive them all home and, and show them by my faithfulness that when they saw the error of their drinking ways, they would know that I was, I was a representative of Christ for them. Everything I'm telling you, in light of what we're looking for today, is absolute Insanity. I am, I, I, telling you this this morning, am being insane. But I didn't think I was. I thought I was doing it right. I thought I was doing it well. I mean, I I, and I, I could keep going, right? I, I thought, well, how can I really serve God? I'll be a doctor because you can be a missionary, you know. And and I, I was a little late, so I went overseas as a missionary for China. And then, and then after being a doctor for a while and serving people, I, I went to Africa, Part-time in in medicine and part-time to talk about Jesus. So I could do the very best thing I could do for God. Maximize yourself, right? I mean, I'm not lying to you. I did this stuff. Well, that's why you're standing up and being a pastor, Dex. No. No. I actually want you. I, I say that to you this morning because I want you to take to heart what the Bible actually says this morning. What is Paul is actually saying? Because I had in my head what Christian service is. It's like pray for help from God for that extra edge to work diligently, and so you 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 do that. Be the moral good so that when people need to see that, they can see that your strength. And why are you strong? Because God made me strong, and you can be like. A shining example. In fact, you can be Jesus to them. Like that's the point, right? And and Paul, last week, began a passionate defense of his ministry. I mean, it's chapters long what he's doing now. It is important. It is in the Bible. And remember what he's passionate about? He's not passionate about his obedience. He's passionate about the obedience of Christ for him. I mean, literally, it says the obedience of Christ. I didn't read it that way when I was growing up. I read it like to obey Christ. Like, you and I are going to obey. How are you doing in your obedience of Christ? How holy are you? And I thought, you know what? I'm being pretty holy. Except I would, I would you know, I, I don't want to... I would never have actually said what I just said to you. That would be not humble, you know. So you've got to show that you're humble, too. Oh, God does stuff for me, so I'm... Okay, I'm being real with you guys. This is life. I don't know what your life is like or has been. But my life was about making sure that I focused and worked at pleasing God. And so Paul's message last week with this idea, I I didn't arrive there slowly, Suddenly, like, Son, oh, you're, oh yeah, of course, it's obedience of Christ. No, the passage we're looking at now, because you take things in context, begins to push you to see that it's amazing what Paul's message, and he's our apostle, what the message of the gospel actually is. What's going on? Paul takes aim at younger me. And all the so-called teachers and leaders that poured that message into me. And Paul says,
1: foolishness.
0: If that gets stronger than that, it's the word I already use. Insanity. Why are you being insane? Crazy. Madness. Oh I think he's either wait, does he really say that? Well, look. But I want you to engage. So many messages are out there. Maybe you're confused. There's a different gospel. And so I worry, you know, like a fool, and not for me, for you. Oh, I love our body, and I love the, the amazing wonder of what God And like a fool, I worry for you. Like somehow I think God can't take care of you. He can. But I still worry as a pastor, as the one who wants to just share the incredible message of Jesus with you. That there are so many people on the radio and the TV, and even locally, and they're they're saying all this stuff that isn't the Bible, and you're like, oh man, I, and like somehow I want to say oh, I've got the Bible, and they don't know. Would, but, but would you look at it with me? Paul attacks anything that doesn't take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That means people who take your action as the basis for Christian living. That's it. They co-opt Paul. But it's actually a different gospel. It's a different gospel to promote that what you need to do is pray more so that you will be blessed. It's a different gospel to say what you need to do is love more so that people can see that you are God's instrument. That what you need to do is give more to loosen your fingers on your wealth. That God wants to bless you, bit, but He can't, you know, because you're not responding. That you're not doing your part. That God, God's commandments are His enablements somehow. That what His plan is, is to accomplish something with you. If you would just get with the program, that's a different gospel. Like the gospel is about wisdom or is reasonable. Like Christianity is reasonable. And Paul's like, well, you know, yeah, Paul, your letters are pretty strong, but we need to filter them because we know that they're, they're pretty strong in a, a certain viewpoint. We'll just take a little piece from it and water it down. No. So I want to look at what's foolish this morning. If you have your Bible and learn to look along, we'll put these verses on the screen as well. It's Second Corinthians chapter 11. And it's about being foolish. What does it mean? And I want to start with foolish worry. And so, why are you talking about foolishness? Because that's that—that's the whole like demonstration of what's going on today. Paul writes, and he begins with verse one. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. <laughs> You're not saying, hey, hey, listen to this, guys. It's real important. I want you to, get up. no, Paul has fun this morning. You know, it's not boring. Paul said, well, I'd like to read from you from 2 Maccabees and Ba blah, blah, ba. Blah, 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 Paul says, hey, can I be a little foolish with you today? Can, can, can I, can I, will you bear with me as I'm, I, I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm going to play a little with you for a minute. Can I do that? And he says in verse two, for I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. I've got a special place, Paul says, and he does. Paul's like, oh, I I birthed you. You heard about Jesus through me. I'm the apostle to this whole area. And he is. Jesus met with him. He is our guy. He writes the New Testament. He's it. He's it. And he says, I got this heart for you, dear people. And and so I know it's foolish. He's saying, bear with me in a little foolishness because I'm I'm worried about you. But I shouldn't be because, because I know Jesus is in charge, not me. But I'm a person, you know. I have this worry. And it's not a fully ungrounded worry, says Paul. I'm afraid, he says that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and, and pure devotion to Christ. You know, I have some reason, because you know what happened in the garden? Man, the devil's like super tricky. And I know I'm foolish, because it's not about you and your wisdom and your choice. It's about Christ for you, and, and he's powerful and good. But I still have this worry as your dad. I, 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 I worry, you know. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one reproclaimed. Or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. He's worried, you know, but the reason I'm worried is because the stuff that happened in the garden with Satan, and then I look at you and you seem to be okay with a different gospel. (laughs) <laughs> that's what he's saying, right? You don't seem to care that people are teaching another gospel. Instead of Jesus alone, Jesus has done it, it is finished. People are totally going after Jesus plus. It's okay, that that big event, you know. Everyone accepts the big event. Jesus died and he rose again. But now you see, that's great. You need to believe that. And now you need to do some things. Have you been circumcised? you've really given your heart to God? What have you done for him lately? And they have people coming in and they're starting to, to poke and prod at the actual gospel. And he's like, oh no. And Paul says, you, you don't listen to me, but but you should. Indeed, I consider I'm not in the least inferior to these super apostles. What people think you read that straight. You shouldn't be reading it straight. Paul, through this whole thing, is totally like ironic, sarcastic, into it. You know, we read the Bible sometimes in its words, I and mean, they're holy words, and boy, that's run fire by the Holy Spirit, so we kind of go, Oh, do you realize it's like what we read earlier with John, where, where 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 Jesus says to the Pharisees, like, Well, which one of my good works are you gonna kill me for? Jesus isn't like, Well, let me list out my good works for you, which one is evil. He's like going, you all I do is good. I heal people. I, I, I cure the blind. I the sicker. Which one of those are you killing me for, you idiots? That, that's the tone, right? Here's Paul. He's like, I consider I'm not in the least inferior, and he makes some kind of this word to the super apostles. Who are the super apostles? Is there any super apostle beyond Paul? The answer is no. That was a rhetorical question. Paul's it! And yet he says, oh yeah, those super guys you're listening to, but you're not listening to me. Even if I'm unskilled in speaking, I'm not so in knowledge. Indeed, every way, we've made this plain to you in all things. He's like, I'm your guy. Why are you listening to them? Why were they listening to them? It sounded reasonable, I would propose. They were like, like, had some really cool things to say. It's like four tips to be a stronger person kind of stuff. Man, there's good... Have you heard this guy? He has good stuff to say. And then there's Paul, who's just like talking about the obedience of Christ for you. He says, I don't think I'm worse. I might not be the best speaker, but I know a lot. And, and, and that's an understatement. He actually like met with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Jesus told him stuff. Why wouldn't you stay with this incredibly amazing amazing message of Christ for you why wouldn't you stay with it's all Christ and that's all my holiness everything my justification everything my goodness everything is given to me by the obedience of Christ for me and I receive it like how come you won't stay there and oh wait I know Paul says maybe it's because I didn't rip you off huh maybe it's because I'm not requiring you give me money <laughs> that's what he says. Look, or did I commit a sin in humbling myself so you might be exalted because I preached God's gospel to you free of charge? That's Greek to say, I didn't make you pay for it. I robbed other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. Like, I made it free. Yeah, you should have charged something, Paul. <laughs> what? And when I was with you and was in need, I didn't burden anyone for the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my need. Macedonia are the really poor churches that now they're going to give some money to. So I refrained, and I'll refrain from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be silenced in the region of Achaia. And why? Because because I do not love you? God knows dumb question, right? Did I sin by not lording it over you? I preached to you free of charge. Did I charge? Did I rob other churches by not charging you? This is literally what he says. Poor churches over there. Help me to get here. I'm not burdening you. Are you mad about that? Well, yeah, you know, what you need to do is charge because that shows the order of things. You're supposed to, like like, do that. And you're not making that happen. You're not about us sacrificing for you, you know. That, that's, that's their argument. And Paul says, no, I won't be quiet that I preached for you free of charge. Without your help or work. Why, why would I say that? Be, because I don't like you? No. You fickle people. Paul's in fine form. And he says, I'm choosing to be this way because it is in line with the gospel for you. It is a free statement, a gift to you. It's a gift. You don't don't have to give anything. You don't have to love back. You don't have to do. It's not about you. And that's what they're trying to make it about, these other teachers of them. What I am doing, and I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do, they don't, says Paul. Again, he's fired up. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Oh my. It is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. I'm doing this, he says, to undermine the claim of those who brag on their mission work who are wrong. Fake teachers like Satan. Disguised like the servants of righteousness, but they aren't. You don't have to give. You don't have to reform personally. It's not about your outward acts of behavior. You need to have believing loyalty to Jesus. That's it. By the way, I like that for faith. I'm using it today, particularly. I want you to trust Jesus. I want you to have faith, believing loyalty because, uh, because that was a term one of our elders who was here for many years used. His name is Mike Heiser. I don't know if you guys know him. He's on hospice right now. He's going to die of pancreatic cancer. His whole thing was, you know, what we need to have is believing loyalty to Jesus. Do you know what believing loyalty means? I Trust that he did it. Full stop. Do you trust that? So I, I think I do. What, what does that mean? It means this is real. It's not a boring lecture. Not the same as you sort of improving yourself or buying your way into favor with God. This is the message of God for you. God become man. We aren't weak because we believe Jesus plus nothing is everything. Because we proclaim forgiveness and not improvement. In fact as long as we are, as we're being foolish, let's join Paul. He's going to do some foolish boasting. He starts to boast here. I repeat, let no one think me foolish, but even if you do, accept me as a fool so that I too may boast a little. (laughs) If you're, if, if, if you're gonna be foolish, if what you're gonna be about is how are you doing, if what you're gonna be about is how do I measure my, I don't know, modern days we call it sanctification. How many, how much good works are you, are you about? How much climbing have you done? If you wanna talk about that, like those fools, I wanna be a fool too. Okay, Paul. Right? Accept me as a fool. He said a crazy person, literally, by that fool. It doesn't mean I'm speaking some little bit of foolishness. It means insanity. You want to jump into insane world? Uh, Let me jump in with you. What I'm saying with this boastful confidence, I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many boast according to the flesh, me too. So if last week you're like, Dax, I don't know about this flesh stuff. Is it really what is the flesh? Here's Paul. He's telling us, this is what it looks like to boast according to the flesh. That, that's that's this, right? For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. That's called sarcasm. Oh, you wise people. For if you bear it with someone, if someone makes slaves of you, or devours you. Or takes advantage of you. Or puts on airs. Or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. Wow, Paul, like what did you drink for coffee this morning? Right? He says you love bearing with fools. I should act like one. I should slap you, but I was too weak. But haven't you heard that? Man, I don't feel good unless I've been kicked in the butt. Pastor, you really, you really put a fire under me this morning. Normally, people are saying that to me because you were telling me about what I need to do to, to, to do more for God. Sometimes people even change the Bible for that kind of stuff. Like that, that's 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 so foolish to think that Sunday morning should be about telling me how I need to improve my life for Jesus. So, so. First, the first thing says, for if you bear something, first, give your work to me. I'm going to make a slave of you. You you will work for me. Give for me. The second thing there is, takes advantage of you, right? Do more for me. Give more to me. And third, let me slap you in the face. You seem to like it, says Paul. And Paul says, no, not us. We are too weak to take advantage of you like that. I'm speaking as a fool, he says. I'm, I'm speaking as a crazy person. And look, look what craziness looks like and take note because you should be asking yourself this morning, are you insane? Look, whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I'm speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Let me go ahead and just enter in with you, he says, and be stupidly foolish and are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Why is that a good thing? Because God came to them, the chosen people. Are they of Abraham? So am I. Father Abraham, he is my father too. I'm speaking as a fool, says Paul. Are they servants of Christ? Ooh, that's closer to home. I'm a better one. I'm talking like a crazy person, madman. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, countless beatings, often near death. You know, you see what he's saying? He's thinking he's a madman. But but isn't this how we talk? (laughs) And think we're being wise. Oh, I'll slip it in there, you know. Yeah, when I was in Burkina Faso, Pastors were really struggling to eat. They only had one meal a day. Oh, you 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 were a missionary? Oh yeah, I've been there a few times. Right? Doesn't have to be missionary. Oh, I spent 20 years serving Jesus overseas. I, I've been a good church person. I've suffered for Jesus. I've done this or that or whatever. Insanity! And you think it's good? Look, says Paul, I've done more than you. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. That means that you give it 40, you die. So right to the brink of death and then they leave you there broken and I did this for Jesus, he's saying. And I am underneath it speaking as a fool. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and day I was adrift at sea of frequent journeys and danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. I have been through everything. For who? For Jesus. That's what he's saying. But he's fronting it by saying you should never be this way. I don't understand. In in toil and hardship, and through many a sleepless night, and hunger and thirst, often without food, and, and cold and exposure. Has anyone done more than me, says Paul? No, is the answer. He's a good apostle. No, 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 no he's saying he's being insane because this is the opposite of the message. So often we're like, oh, I need to be like him. What, are you insane to? He isn't actually saying this is good. He's being a madman to even talk like this. But... <laughs> But if we're going to be insane, it's not just about physical danger. It's also about the whole thing. It's about who, apart from other things, there's a daily pressure of me, my anxiety for all the church, my care for everyone else. I care more for all the churches than anyone else. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is made to fall and I I am not indignant? Look at my sufferings and work, physical but also emotional, taking on other people's weakness, helping where I can. I can even boast well, as a fool about weakness, it's not just about oh, I'm. You shouldn't be so like uh, you shouldn't be so prideful, Paul. Like this is some statement against being overly proud. He's also saying no, no, wait. You can boast about yourself. Is the idea about you in any way? Because even about your weakness, in this weird upside downy. Wrong. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, He who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. And let me tell you a story. He said, "Even my weakness, man, I, I'm. I'm more weak than you." Uh, let me tell you a little story about that. At Damascus, the governor under King Aretas was guarding the city of Damascus to 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 grab me, but but he I was let down through a basket through a window in a wall and escaped his hands. That doesn't sound weak. Oh yeah. You now what he's saying is instead of standing up for Jesus, instead of in power walking through them and they couldn't touch him like they could never get Jesus, man, I had to sneak away through a hole in the wall and they let me down through a basket. You guys, I'm the I, I, man. I ran away. Let me brag about that. Okay. He's not even done, you guys. It's like, I'm done. I I, I get the point, Paul. You made it. Okay. But the whole idea, what's the idea? The idea is that they are foolish in accepting other gospels. They're not seeing through the critiques of the false teachers that, that Paul is weak and not strong. Th- th- thinking that they need to do more the whole thing is about them and their improvement their increasing their strength they're getting over stuff they're not being they're being more like Jesus in some sort of like personal holiness way that the gospel costs something It's not that the gospel is expensive. It's not even that the gospel is cheap. Oh, some cheap gospel you guys are peddling. The gospel is free. It is free. That's Paul's message. I'm not taking it. It is free. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. So I want to talk just for another minute about what it means. Because we read passages like this and, and, and he's taking up a lot of pages. He's actually he, he's going through this. I just read to you quite a bit of scripture. This is a whole chapter, and he's gonna do a whole other chapter on this idea because it's so important to him. This is not small talk. I've got a little side thing to talk to you guys. No, this is the center, this is what changed my life. It, it, is that it's about Jesus for me, not me for Jesus. This is so huge. It is the gospel that is foolish to the world. Foolish. Crazy. And I was doing my very best to merge them together. To be reasonable. And my reasonableness was, I will use the good news of Jesus to be a stronger, better person. Because the very strongest and best person is those who believe in Jesus and then accomplish the very highest thing that you can accomplish that's very reasonable. What pushes against that? Like that's isn't that reasonable? Be all you can be with the help of Jesus. What is wrong with that? What we just read is wrong with that. The Bible says the Bible says it is craziness to think it's about you. It is foolish madness. The law is not against this kind of foolishness. According to the law, he was blameless, Paul says. That that means, I'm boy, if the law was looking at me, I'm doing a lot better than you. And if, if there was a standard at all, and I'm using me as getting on that standard, I would do pretty well. Let me speak as a fool, says Paul. We all use the law to try and justify ourselves. But the gospel is that you're not justified in yourself. We are not saved to accomplish something for God. We don't receive Christ, and now we're becoming Christ. That, that's not what those inferences mean in the Bible, that we follow Christ. That We are in Him. We are promised by Him. We'll be raised in Him. Resurrection's coming, but death is coming first. We often say the words, Jesus alone, but then we act totally differently. I feel like a message from Star Wars. Do you guys, I... Okay, I'm old enough... That I think Star Wars Episode 4 is the very best. That's the very first one. And uh, is 4 the first? I don't know. That whole little middle series, man, awesome. And, and I thought that the technology and the graphics were fat. Now it's like I look at it and I laugh. It's like a little thing floating on a green screen, you know? But, but, but the little message, this, the, the critical message that comes through is this R2D2, this little unit, and it has a secret message that comes up. You know, remember the message? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You are my only hope. What a cool message. And it gets to Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then it plays out like religion plays out in the world. What's that? Obi-Wan Kenobi does some stuff, but the person that sent the message remains the critical part of the story. She's the hero. Obi-Wan does some stuff. Luke does some stuff. Hands does some stuff. Chewie does some stuff. Everybody comes together and does some stuff. But, but well, remember what the message was? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Is he really? No! He's going to do a couple things for her, but he's going to help her get to where she's supposed to be. And that's how we think about Christianity. That's what Paul is so mad about. It's like you're going to take Jesus and you're going to say, Jesus, you're my only hope, and then Jesus is going to help you become stronger and better so you with your compatriots will be great people who do great things. That's insanity, says Paul this morning. To say that Jesus is your only hope means that he actually goes then out and defeats the enemy. He goes out and does it all. Jesus, you're my only hope, and he actually is. It is not that he would make me the strongest of the strong so that I can be trained up to defeat everybody. That's not the message, says Paul, this morning. It's so foolish to go there. But not in my head. I think surely God wants us to make be stronger and more useful. Surely He gives me mercy so that I would grow to not need mercy any longer, to, to begin to produce achievements and build structures that those who are stronger are already building and I can come alongside with them and we together will build a tower to God. Me and the rest of Babel. You fool. Me, I'm a fool. So Paul, in the strongest terms possible this morning, with sarcasm and scorn and colorful language, says insanity, foolishness, because you are the stormtrooper killing people. What you need isn't a little help. You need a new life. You need forgiveness. So come, come to the feet of Jesus. His burden is easy. His yoke is light. There's rest for your soul. He has done it all. Do you want to boast? Boast in what he has done. You know, God became a man and died for me. I didn't deserve it. I still don't. Make a contrast between what he has done and what you have done. I sin, but he forgives me. Don't put yourself on the side of the strong. See what I did in in college. I put myself on the side of the good while my college teammates drank. But I didn't. I was better. But I was all about winning for me. I'm really no different. Me, me, me. Me, me, let me show you how great I am. I'm a fool. So come, bring the message of forgiveness for fools. It is utter foolishness to the world, that's for sure. It knows nothing of real forgiveness, this world that we're in. Forgiveness becomes a tool to return us to the work of being strong. That is not what it is. Forgiveness is our life because our Savior forgives us totally and we speak it to each other. His forgiveness for you and me. We've discovered something in the depth of our sin and weakness and littleness and lostness. A God who actually forgives. And that's what it's about. He forgives you. The wonder is, His forgiveness is all that matters because His love and His care and His work is exactly what we need His holiness, His power, His strength. For us. That's the opposite of what I was talking about earlier. This is Paul saying, do you see how foolish to not get this would be? This is what we need to hear. We can read all the books about wise living, helpful habits, practical shoe leather, mindfulness and discipleship and accountability and boundaries. You can put on makeup. You can dress for success. But you know what you can't do? You can't get away from this message. You are a stinking sinner. And you've got to have forgiveness. And praise be to God, who will save me from this body of sin and death. Jesus Christ, our Lord. We'll put our flag there. Our entire life will be built on forgiveness. God knows that we are unable He knows that we are fools and he promises you and me that through our death he will raise us to life. Would you trust him? And would you with me run away from any message that tries to make Christianity about you being strong? Yeah. Small, swelling music. Because we aren't. We are weak and he is strong. And he uses us. Amazing that he does. Oh, we have such a Savior. If you don't know the Savior, if you've never said this is so different, I, hey, would you come talk to me? Would you talk to our elders? This is our church. The gospel, this is what we do. And I'm running long on it because I just, I love it. I love that this is what the message actually is. It has changed my life. May it change yours too. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this text this morning and for your apostle Paul that wrote this letter. Thank you that your spirit used him and continued He was strong in speaking out the truth of your gospel. Our weakness, our need for you, and your incredible forgiveness of us. Forgive me, Lord, that I put myself right back in. Forgive us that we're about wanting to show off our muscles. Help us, Lord, to remain at your feet. Help us to be loyal to you. Help us, Lord, to trust you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.